A New York judge loses his mind. But it's all just a big distraction because they think we're stupid. But we're not falling for it. Got that coming up. Facial recognition. Here we go again and again and again. And YouTube CEO has completely lost the plot. Welcome to the Jay Sheldon Show. Wednesday is here. We're halfway through the week. Uh, yeah, good on you, me. Uh, good on you and me. All right. We got all that and more coming up tonight here on the show. Just a reminder, our show is brought to you in part by Blackout Coffee, the best small batch, fresh roasted coffee you will find anywhere with a company that supports our traditional conservative values, American values. They believe in hard work, honesty, integrity, and they make an amazing cup of coffee. Check out the link in our show notes and use promo code J20, J-A-Y-20 at checkout, and you will get a 20% discount off your first order. That's a lot for this <clears throat> amazing coffee. All right. <laughs> Yeah, it's just getting weirder and weirder. A New York judge. We're going to talk about the money for Ukraine. That's our main topic tonight, but we'll get to that in a minute. I wanted to start with this because it's fresh out of the box. A New York judge ruled that Trump inflated his property values, including Mar-a-Lago, which the judge has determined is worth between 18 and 27 million dollars from 2011 to 2021. Now, to put that into perspective, neighboring homes on uh, 0.28 to 0.89 acres, not even a full acre, are listed for between 18 and 40 million. Mar-a-Lago is a 20-acre property right in the middle, worth less, despite being 20 to 70 times larger. Real estate circles in Florida are laughing at this. Here is a look on this map of some of the home values. 0.99 acres, 37.5 million. 23 million for 0.44 acres, less than half an acre. Wow. 25 million for 0.39 acres. And there is Mar-a-Lago at 18 million for 20 acres. <sighs> yeah. This is the kind of crap they're just going to keep shoving down our throats because they think we're stupid. There's more on this story, too. There's an entire uh, article here from the Epic Times. I put that in the show notes tonight so you can read up on it if you want to know more information. The judge ruled former President Trump and his company liable for fraud. It's just so much crap, and it just 
doesn't stop. And there is a reason. There actually is a reason behind all this garbage that's going on. And I will tell you what that is in just a bit. I got lots of links in the show notes on this Trump thing. Here's one from Donald Trump Jr. If my father tried claiming the property was worth $18 million, he would probably then get charged with trying to underpay his real estate taxes. They set the game up so it's always lose-lose in these blue states. If you don't abide by their narrative, they will target you. More from uh, Cernovich there. And, of course, um, there you go. That's a picture of Mar-a-Lago. Yeah. 40 acres. Now, it just so happens as this went out today, word on the street was there is proof that Joe Biden had 250 million or thousand, $250,000, I guess, wired directly to his home address from the Chinese Communist Party. Yeah, that would be treason. That would be a high crime. That would be a reason to impeach this bastard and get him the hell out of office. Huge news today. And what do they do to grab the headlines? This Trump bullshit. Of course, that's all you see all over the news is everything, oh, Trump, Trump, Trump. Trump's committed fraud. Trump's losing all his rights to do business in New York. Everybody talking about it. Who's talking about Biden and quarter of a million bucks wired directly to his home address from Chinese communists? Hardly anybody. It's there. It's happening. And do not be distracted by this Trump bullcrap because that's all it is, is bullcrap. And speaking of which, 70 million, I'm sorry, 70 billion dollars. That's how much of your money and mine has gone to the Ukraine. Yep, and it's just getting worse. Before we tell you about that, though, we're going to tell you about the good folks at NordVPN. Folks, these days you cannot go online without being protected. It is a digital age, online privacy, protecting your personal data and security more important now than ever before. And that's why I use and so should you NordVPN, the perfect solution for protecting your activity online. Nord, you know, look, you don't want everybody looking over your shoulder, logging what you do. You know, even your ISP, the folks you buy your internet from, they log your activity, sell it to marketers. You can browse the web securely, privately, without worrying about hackers, snoopers, even your own ISP, tracking your online behavior. They have military-grade encryption technology, which ensures your data stays safe and confidential. And not only does Nord protect your privacy and your confidentiality, it also unlocks a world of online content. 5,000 servers, 59 countries. You can access your favorite websites, streaming services from anywhere in the world. And with a single NordVPN account, you can hook up to six devices. 
you, your laptop, your your handphone, your partner's handphone and laptop, wife, husband, whatever, your kids, get them all. A single NordVPN account will get you up to six devices hooked up, and it is so simple to use. You don't have to be a tech genius. I know it can be a little daunting. Trust me. You boot the app, you click one button, that's it. You're done and you are protected. NordVPN, use the special link which is down there in our show notes for NordVPN and you will get yourself an incredible deal on this service that really nobody should be online these days without it because it's just that important, I'm telling you. All right, what exactly are we paying for in the Ukraine with what now amounts to $70 billion. 60 Minutes has come up with a report which is shaking everybody up as well it should. They discovered the U.S. is financing more than weapons in the Ukraine. The government is buying seeds fertilizers for the farmers, paying the salaries of 57,000 first responders. You heard that right. 57,000 first responder salaries and subsidizing small businesses. Take, Take a look, look at, at this preview. American taxpayers are financing more than just weapons. We discovered the U.S. government's buying seeds and fertilizer for Ukrainian farmers and covering the salaries of Ukraine's first responders, all 57,000 of them. That includes the team that trains this rescue dog named Joy to comb through the wreckage of Russian strikes looking for survivors. And the U.S. also funds the divers, who we saw clearing unexploded ammunition from the country's rivers to make them safe again for swimming and fishing. Russia's invasion shrank Ukraine's economy by about a third. We were surprised to find that to keep it afloat, the US government is subsidizing small businesses. There you go. Your tax dollars at work. And you thought we were just sending the money to help fight a war. Nope, it's just, and it doesn't stop. And they just voted again to send more money to the Ukraine, in spite of the fact that apparently we don't have enough money to keep our own government running. But by God, we've got plenty to send a few more billion over there to those morons. Unbelievable. Migrant crisis continues, and there's been a little side story that caught my attention. You probably have not heard this one. It's from PJ Media. Some workers at Chicago's migrant shelters are making 200 bucks an hour. Yeah, 200 bucks an hour. The city of Chicago denied a Freedom of Information Act request from uh, TV station NBC5 for city records of a Kansas-based company, Favorite Healthcare Staffing is the name of the company, who billed the city for $57 million to staff migrant shelters around the city. 
Why are they so curious to know? Well, back in August 2022, city finance records showed the favored healthcare staffing has billed the city $57 million. The only problem is that nobody in the city government will say what $57 million was used for. What little information came to light only lit a fire under this news outlet sniffs out good old-fashioned Chicago political corruption stories. This is from WTTW. Currently, about 1,600 migrants live in the police stations across Chicago. <laughs> One volunteer said the living conditions for migrant groups vary widely from station to station. Wow. What's curious about that denial from the Freedom of Information request is a city already provided NBC5 investigates with two invoices. Last December, a nurse at the High Ridge Y shelter earned more than $20,000 in a week. Same week, shelter manager made $14,000. Both included overtime. <laughs> I would hope so, a ton of it. Uh, NBC5 also received a spreadsheet showing a total of $57 million covering 498 payment vouchers. What's not clear from the spreadsheet is how many employees that covers, how many hours were billed, and if certain shelters billed the city more than others. Some, according to this spreadsheet, are making around two hundred dollars an hour yeah all right i tried to bring you this story last night and the link was down i found it again so i just want to mention it check out the link it's such a cool story i love this stuff when it happens you know we talk a lot about digital ids and all that crap and how we don't want them and we're going to fight every tooth and nail to, against having them well tracking may not be the worst thing on earth in a few limited circumstances like this one a burglary victim gets the last laugh after using a tracker in a designer purse, which led the police to the suspects. There's actual security cam footage, there's the purse. A burglary crew nabbed by the cops after efforts of a victim who used a tracker in her designer purse, and that led the, suspect, uh, the police directly to the suspects. LAPD said the victim of a burglary saw his, uh, the crew at his home through surveillance video, also through the sudden movement of the tracker in the purse. Went to the location of the tracker, witnessed the crew working at another house. The car, uh, the car he saw there matched the description of the car he saw at his house. He'd already seen surveillance footage. He saw the same vehicle parked in front of a house. Then he saw them fleeing from a house with property put inside the car and quickly driving away. Contacted police, gave them the location of the tracker, and hands behind your back, feet up, spread them. You're under arrest. They caught him. 
<laughs> Good story, huh? So you see, we talk a lot about we don't want to be tracked. We don't want you to know what we're doing. In some limited cases, might not be the worst idea. <laughs> wow. Mm. Hey, you know, YouTube's been in the news, the commies over there, um, the censor uh, idiots. Well, the CEO of YouTube apparently has just completely lost the beat. Uh, this is an article from reclaimthenet.org. YouTube CEO says, quote, my number one responsibility is keeping our ecosystem of creators and viewers and partners safe. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Maybe you should uh, skip the ice cream bar and try the salad bar next time. During an interview with CBS Mornings, YouTube uh, CEO Neil Mohan framed the platform as a... <laughs> Listen to this crap. As a place where all creators can be heard before discussing how it censors in the name of safety and stacks the decks in favor of legacy media outlets. He watched YouTube's famous first upload, Me at the Zoo, before saying, it reminds me of where YouTube came from. Continued to say, in some senses... We are exactly the same as where that video started. We're a place where our objective, our mission, is to give everyone a voice and show them the world. Unless your name is Russell Brand, Dan Bongino, a host of other Matt Walsh, who, you know, say things you don't like or your masters in the government don't like in which case you demonetize them, deplatform them, and just get rid of them. This is such absolute bullcrap from this moron. And he, he thinks, he again, they think we're stupid. They do. They just absolutely believe we're going to buy this crap when it is so obvious in your face that they couldn't possibly care less. They just think we're all that foolish. Wow. Facial recognition is back in the news. Mm -hmm. The number of people arrested after facial recognition that were wrongly accused is growing. We're going too far too fast, folks. I warned you. Facial recognition errors are growing. The number of people arrested falsely. Renewed scrutiny over the deployment of facial recognition technology by law enforcement arises as an innocent man misidentified and subsequently incarcerated because of it has brought forth a lawsuit. Well, thank God for that. This event underscores the ever-evolving tensions between advanced technology and personal privacy, which ought to be paramount above everything else. Randall Kuran Reed, 
29-year-old man, more commonly known by his middle name, Quran, was driving to his mother's residence post-Thanksgiving when police stopped and arrested him on a Georgia interstate. Much to his chagrin, Quran learned he was a suspect for crimes in Louisiana. He's never been to Louisiana in his life. Held in custody for multiple days, four other individuals, including a woman eight months into her pregnancy, falsely accused of carjacking, all because facial recognition thought it recognized them and put out an alert. Until this technology is absolutely perfected, absolutely perfected, there is no way this should be being deployed on us. We're becoming the victims of this crap. Believable. Trudeau, Trudeau, is he still applauding Nazis or, uh, mm. or, and did you see the clip of him trying to blame Russian disinformation? Trudeau, it may work for Hillary. She's still hawking that stupid, sad story. But, you know, give it a break. Just resign. Just get out. Nobody likes you. I mean, seriously, nobody wants you in that job anymore. Well, this was an interesting story. It's from the post-millennial. Trudeau's plane may have been full of cocaine during the G20 summit, according to a former Indian diplomat. <laughs> yeah. A former Indian diplomat claimed there is a credible rumor that Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau's plane, the recent G20, was chock full of cocaine. Running all around my brain. Deepak Vohra, or Vohra, former Indian ambassador to Sudan, made the claim on Monday on Indian television, also saying Canada's leader has definitely gone insane. You'll get no argument from me about that. When Justin Trudeau came to India for the G20 this month, his plane was full of coke. He did not come out of his room for two days. He claimed that police dogs discovered the coke on Trudeau's plane during the G summit earlier this month. My, my wife saw him at the Delhi airport and said Trudeau looked depressed and stressed. We don't know the reason. I don't know the reality, but social media and some credible rumors suggest his plane was full of cocaine running all around my brain. I used to love that song. It's a stupid song, but I used to love it. I don't know why. All right, again, post-millennial, you may or may not have seen this story, but finally, finally, somebody's putting their foot down and saying, that's it, enough, no more. A massive police response to the looting in Philadelphia. Videos, tons of videos on social media showed what appear to be juveniles ransacking the Apple store, 
uh, Lululemon and Foot Locker. And here's just a few of them. Apple's store in Philly also hit hard by the looting. This is insane. And you know what AOC said, of course. These, these people are just, their families are hungry, so they're looting for, for bread and, and peanut butter. Last time I looked, the Apple Store didn't really have much variety for bread and peanut butter. So that's the Apple Store. Uh, Lululemon, uh, Chestnut Street, Foot Locker. More footage from the streets of Philadelphia. Insane. And the cops are not putting up with it. Take a look at this reaction from the police. Go men in blue. Bust them. Look at that. Yes. That is exactly what should have been going on for a long time and should be going on in cities across this country. Arrest them. Give one or two of them 20 years in jail. That'll stop them right quick. Once word gets out, no more bullshit, you loot, you are going to prison for 20 years. No questions asked and no parole. You put a couple of people away like that, this will end right quick. At least in Philadelphia. Good on Philadelphia cops. They are, uh, they're doing it right. They're busting people left and right. Spicy. Spicy. Good to see the cops doing some stuff over there. All right. I got one more for you before we get on with uh, Lord of the Flies, our book we're reading. And <laughs> this is kind of funny, kind of not. There is sound. I'll put the sound up. Do you like spicy food? I do. I really do. I like. There's different kinds of spicy, though. There's Mexican spicy, Thai spicy, Chinese spicy, Sichuan uh, cuisine and stuff. Every spiciness has a different sort of um, spicy. I'm a fan of Thai, so I love Thai food. Spicier, the better. I make a Tom Yum that'll knock your socks off. But anyway... Don't smoke the spices. I think that's probably the uh, the best thing I can say about the video you are about to see. This is from the F Around and Find Out department. Take a look and a listen. This, this guy's, guy's got, got some, some sort of bird chili. So this is my bowl. Oh my God. He's just gonna rip a chunk off of this. Opening it up. Stuff it in there. Ooh, it's nice and, and oily. And he's gonna, gonna smoke, smoke it. it. I'm just gonna see what happens. I'm not gonna say I'm gonna be able to bong rip this whole thing. Oh my god. I don't know what's gonna happen. You have to have... only live once, and this is the first time I've ever been scared to do something on YouTube. Then don't do it, you idiot! It gets better. Watch this. How stupid can you be? I told you guys I was going out with a bang this year. 
Retirement's a bitch. Folks, don't try this at home. And here's why. <coughs> he goes back for more. <coughs> There you go. Like I said, a big F around and find out. What a moron. What an absolute maroon. <sighs> okay, so that's from the stupid people get what they deserve department. From our book department, it's time for Lord of the Flies. We read books on this show. We've been doing it for forever since we started the show. Back when the show was called I'm Not Wearing Pants. Yes, it was called that at one point. Look way back in our history. You'll find out. We started this during the pandemic when we were all sitting around not wearing pants online. Uh, anyway, uh, we've been doing uh, George Orwell, 1984, Animal Farm, and we moved on to Lord of the Flies. We're still on Chapter 1. We're getting close to the end of Chapter 1, though. So let's continue on now with... Uh, Lord of the Flies. If Simon walks in the middle of us, said Ralph, then we could talk over his head. The three of them fell into step. This meant that every now and then Simon had to do a double shuffle to keep up with the others. Presently, Ralph stopped and turned back to Piggy. Look, Jack and Simon pretended to notice nothing. They walked on. You can't come. Piggy's glasses were misted again, this time with humiliation. You told him, after what I said. His face flushed, his mouth trembled. After I said I didn't want, what on earth are you talking about? About being called Piggy. I said I didn't care as long as they didn't call me Piggy. And I said not to tell him. And then you went and said it straight out. Stillness descended upon them. Ralph, looking with more understanding at Piggy, saw that he was hurt and crushed. He hovered between the two courses of apology or further insult. Better Piggy than Fatty, he said at last, with the directness of genuine leadership. In any way, I'm sorry if you feel like that. Now, go back, Piggy, and take names. That's your job. So long. He turned and raced after the other two. Piggy stood, and the rose of indignation faded slowly from his cheeks. And he went back to the platform. The three boys walked briskly on the sand. The tide was low, and there was a strip of weed-strewn beach that was almost as firm as a road. A kind of glamour was spread over them in the scene, and they were conscious of the glamour and made happy by it. They turned to each other, laughing excitingly, talking, not listening. The air was bright, Ralph faced by the task of translating all this into an explanation, stood on his head and fell over. And when they'd done laughing, Simon stroked Ralph's arm shyly. They had to laugh again. Come on, said Jack presently. We're explorers. 
We'll go to the end of the island, said Ralph, and look around the corner, uh, if it is an island. Now, towards the end of the afternoon, the mirages were settling a little. They found the end of the island quite distinct, not magic out of shape or sense. There was a jumble of the usual squareness with one great block sitting out in the lagoon. Seabirds were nesting there. Like icing, said Ralph, on a pink cake. We shan't see round this corner, said Jack, because there isn't one. Only a slow curve, and as you can see, the rocks get worse. Ralph shaded his eyes and followed the jagged outline of the crags up the mountain. The part of the beach was nearer the mountain than any other they'd seen. We'll try climbing the mountain from here, he said. I should think it's the easiest way. There's less of that jungly stuff and more pink rock. Come on. Now the three boys began to scramble up. Some unknown force had wrenched and shattered these cubes so they lay askew, often piled diminishingly on each other. The most unusual feature of the rock was a pink cliff surmounted by a skewed block, and that again surmounted and that again till the pinkness became a stack of balanced rock projecting through the looped fantasy of the forest creepers. Where the pink cliffs rose out of the ground, there were often narrow tracks winding upwards. They could edge along them, deep in the plant world, their faces to the rock. What made this track? Jack paused, wiping the sweat from his face. Ralph stood by him, breathless. Men? Jack shook his head. Animals. Ralph peered into the darkness under the trees. The forest minutely vibrated. Come on. The difficulty wasn't the steep ascent round the shoulders of the rock. <coughs> Excuse me. But the occasional plunges through the undergrowth to get to the next path. Here the roots and stems of creepers were in such tangles that the boys had to thread through them like pliant needles. Their only guide, apart from the brown ground and occasional flashes of light through the foliage, was the tendency of slope, whether this hole, laced as it was with the cables of creeper, stood higher than that. Somehow they moved up. Immured in these tangles as perhaps their most difficult moment, Ralph turned with shining eyes to the others. Wacko! Wizard! Smashing! The cause of their pleasure wasn't obvious. All three were hot, dirty, and exhausted. Ralph was badly scratched. The creepers were as thick as their thighs and left little but tunnels for further presentation. Ralph shouted experimentally, and they listened to the muted echoes. This is real exploring, said Jack. I'll bet nobody's been here before. We ought to draw a map, says Ralph. Only we haven't any paper. We could make scratches on bark, said Simon. Rub black stuff in. 
Again came the slalom communion of shining eyes in the gloom. Wacko! Wizard! There was no place for standing on one's head. This time, Ralph expressed the intensity of emotion by pretending to knock Simon down. And soon they were a happy, heaving pile in the underdusk. When they'd fallen apart, Ralph spoke first. Gotta get on. The pink granite of the next cliff was further back from the creepers and trees, so they couldn't trot up the path. This again led into more open forests, so they had a glimpse of the spread sea. With openness came the sun. It dried the sweat that had soaked their clothes in the dark. Damp heat. At last, the way to the top looked like a scramble over pink rock with no more plunging through darkness. The boys chose their way through defiles and over heaps of sharp stone. Look! Look! High over this end of the island, the shattered rocks lifted up their stacks and chimneys. This one, against which Jack leaned, moved with a grating sound when they pushed. Come on! But not come on to the top. The assault on the summit must wait, while the three boys accepted this challenge. The rock was as large as a small motor car. Heave! Sway back and forth, catch the rhythm. Heave! Increase the swing of the pendulum. Increase, increase, come up. Bear against the point of furthest balance. Increase, increase, heave! The great rock loitered poised on one toe, decided not to return, moved through the air, fell, struck, turned over, leapt droning through the air, and smashed a deep hole in the canopy of the forest. Echoes and birds flew, white and pink dust floated, the forest further down shook as with the passage of an enraged monster, and then the island was still. Wacko! Like a bomb! Weow! Not for five minutes could they drag themselves away from this triumph. But they left at last. The way to the top was easy after that. As they reached the last stretch, Ralph stopped. Golly! They were on the lip of a circular hollow in the side of the mountain. This was filled with blue flower, a rock plant of some sort, and the overflow hung down the vent, spilled lavishly among the canopy of the forest. The air was struck with butterflies lifting, fluttering, settling. Beyond the hollow was the square top of the mountain, and as soon as they were standing on it. They had guessed before that this was an island. <coughs> Clambering among the pink rocks with the sea on either side, the crystal heights of air they had known by some instinct that the sea lay on every side. But there seemed something more fitting and 
leaving the last word till they stood on the top, could see a circular horizon of water. Ralph turned to the others. This belongs to us. It was roughly boat-shaped, humped near this end, with behind them the jumbled descent to the shore. On the other side, rocks, cliffs, treetops, a steep slope. Forward there, the length of a boat, a tamarid scent, tree-clad, hints of pink. Then the jungle, flat of the island, dense green, but drawn at the end to a pink tail. There, where the island petered out in the water, was another island, a rock almost detached, standing like a fort, facing them across the green with one bold pink bastion. <coughs> the boys surveyed all this and then looked out to the sea. They were high up and the afternoon had advanced. The view was not robbed of sharpness by mirage. That's a reef, a coral reef. I've seen pictures like that. The reef enclosed more than one side of the island, lying perhaps a mile out and parallel to what they now thought of as their beach. The coral was scribbled in the sea as though a giant had bent down to reproduce the shape of the island in a flowing chalk line but tired before he'd finished. Inside was peacock water, rocks and weeds showing in as an aquarium. Outside was the dark blue of the sea. The tide was running, so long streaks of foam trailed away from the reef, and for a moment they felt the boat was moving steadily astern. Jack pointed down. That's where we landed. Beyond falls and cliffs, there was a gash visible in the trees, the splintered trunks and then drag, leaving only a fringe of palm between the scar and the sea. There, too, jutted into the lagoon was the platform, with insect-like figures moving near it. Ralph sketched a twining line from the bald spot on which they stood down a slope, a gully through flowers round and down to the rock where the scar started. That's the quickest way back. Eyes shining, mouths open, triumphant, they savored the right of domination. They were lifted up. They were friends. There's no village smoke, no boats, said Ralph wisely. We'll make sure later, but I think it's uninhabited. We'll get food, cried Jack. Hunt, catch things until they fetch us. Simon looked at them both, saying nothing but nodding till his black hair flopped backwards and forwards. His face was glowing. Ralph looked down the other way where there was no reef. Steeper, said Jack. Ralph made a cupping gesture. That bit of forest down there, the mountain holds it up. Every point of the mountain held up trees, flowers and trees. And now the forest stirred, roared, and flailed. The nearer acres of rock flowers fluttered, and for half a minute the breeze blew cool on their faces. Ralph spread out his arms. 
all ours. They laughed and rumbled and shouted on the mountain. I'm hungry. When Simon mentioned his hunger, the others became aware of theirs. Come on, Ralph. We found out what we wanted to know. They scrambled down a rock slope, dropped among the flowers, and made their way under the trees. Here they paused and examined the bushes round them curiously. Simon spoke first. Like candles, candle bushes, uh, candle buds. The bushes were dark evergreen and aromatic. The many buds were waxen green, folded up against the light. Jack slashed at one with his knife, and the scent spilled over them. Candle buds. You couldn't light them, said Ralph. They just look like candles. Green candles, Jack said contemptuously. We can't eat them. Come on. They were in the beginnings of the thick forest, plonking with weary feet on a track when they heard the noises, squeakings, and the hard strike of hooves on a path. As they pushed forward, the squeaking increased until it became a frenzy. They found a piglet caught in a curtain of creepers, throwing itself at the elastic traces in all the madness of extreme terror. Its voice was thin, needle-sharp, and insistent. The three boys rushed forward, and Jack drew his knife again with a flourish. Wow. We'll stop there. <laughs> All right, we're still on chapter one. It's uh, doing a lot of establishing, so there you go. Wow, they found a bunch of piglets. Should be interesting. We'll continue this on tomorrow's show. All right. Hey, folks, thanks so much. Please don't forget, hit that follow button over there. It really helps the show out. It's free for you. Really, really sincerely appreciate you doing that. All of our great sponsors, Blackout Coffee, Skillshare, NordVPN. You will find the links and those great discounts also in our show notes. And I will see you all again tomorrow.